Welcome back to the Morning Craze on WLFW Radio, Buffalo's number one drive time radio show. My name is Mark the Shark, here as always with Professor Junkyard and Davey P with the news. We put the buff in Buffalo. We're asking you to call in with your wildest sexual encounters for a chance to win $5,000. I shared mine before the break. Professor Junkyard, what is your wildest sexual encounter? I have to say it was probably the time I got to third base with my dentist. hey oh, it's 10 after the hour, which means it's time for the news with Davey P. Davey P, we'll throw it over to you. Thanks, Mark. Get this. The Manhattan neighborhood of Little Italy has been expanded by two blocks and has been renamed Slightly Larger Italy. Mamma mia. In Salem, a woman accused of being a witch casts an invisibility spell on herself and an angry mob has been looking for her ever since. I saw a kettle in the grass where they were dancing. Professor Junkyard loves the crucible. What else is in the news, Davey? My divorce hearing went terribly and I lost custody of my children. Uh... Dave, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I wish I could say it's okay, but um, uh, I'm going through a tough time. Okay, well, we're here for you, but why did you just share that on the air with all of our listeners? It's in the news. Morning radio personality loses divorce settlement. Mark, maybe we should just like throw to commercial? We can't go to commercial. We have a half hour rock block ahead of us, okay? We promised our listeners and we never go back on a promise. Don't don't you dare stop the rock block on my account, okay? I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Okay, Davey, let's just try uh, and get back into it. Oh god. <laughs> okay, take it easy, just move on to the next story. Uh, I'll cue you up again. Okay, get that big energy back, right? Davey P with the news. All right. A tattoo artist in San Antonio was fired after it was discovered he was using temporary ink. Now that's just ludicrous. Luda. At Springfield Mall in Pennsylvania, a bear was found hiding in the dressing room of a packed sun. No one was injured, but there was significant damage done to a billabong display. <sighs> Calabunga. Next, a crying man from Buffalo was seen walking through traffic late last night, drunk and screaming about losing the only woman he ever loved. Jesus. Dave, uh, was was that? The man has been identified as morning radio personality, David Pontiac, AKA Davey P with the news. Okay, maybe it's enough news for today. We've got a caller. Talking about sex. That's right, funny sex caller. You're on the air. Hi, yeah, Um, I have a wild sex story. All right, let's hear it. Well, I went out with this guy. Um, It was going great. We were having a great time. And then we went back to his place and started, you know, getting intimate. Go on. And then, um, (laughs) then all of a sudden, he asked me to put on a diaper, shake a rattle, and call him mommy. Oh, no. What a perverted freak. That's not the worst part. I stayed with him for five years, and we have two kids together. No! Oh, <laughs> damn. I think that one takes the cake. Oh, without a doubt. Miss, you've just won $5,000. What's your name? Jill Pontiac. Well, Jill Goodman now. Oh, boy. Davey, no! Uh, I'm going to have to take a personal day. Professor Junkyard, will you go make sure he's okay? 
Yeah, of course. Um, should I should I start a GoFundMe for him or something? Or yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. Though we'd probably just spend the money on diapers and rattles. <laughs> no. Miss Goodman, I think it was a little cruel of you to call in while Davey was working, but that doesn't change the fact that you won $5,000. Stay on the line and we'll make sure you get paid. In the meantime, do you have a song request? Yeah, how about um, Live in the Vita Loca? I love that song. Okay, congratulations again. Here is Ricky Martin with Live in the Vita Loca. It's the Martin Craze. Welcome to Let's Find Waldo with Mark Dowling. My name is Mark Dowling, and this is Let's Find Waldo with Mark Dowling. We are referencing the Where's Waldo 30th Anniversary Edition book, ISBN number 978-0-7636-9579-8. Today we're going to be looking for Waldo at an airport, and he's left us a little message to help us along our way. It's me again, Waldo. Folks, some very strange things happened at the airport this morning. A helicopter chopped down all the flagpoles, a smuggler was caught hiding watches under his beard, and a herd of elephants was getting into a jumbo jet. Weird. Thanks, Waldo. We're going to start in the top left corner of the left page, where right off the bat we see a UFO, or unidentified flying object. We've identified this as an unidentified flying object. So it should really be called an IUFO. And this IUFO is very basic, classic disc shape, silver, shiny, relatively small. I don't know how many aliens actually fit on board of this thing. Probably three, if I had to guess, maybe four. Three normal sized aliens and then one thin model sized alien. Not that Models have to be thin, but in space they do. They have different rules in space. Space rules. To the right is a commercial airplane, most likely a Boeing. 90% sure that's what it is. There's no label on the side, but this is a blue plane. Definitely carries passengers. Has two engines and two wings, obviously. And that plane is flying left. Moving over there is a rocket ship. I've never seen a rocket ship at an airport. This is a first for me. And this is a very typical color scheme on this rocket ship. White body, red tip, red fins on the back, and there's fire coming out of it, coming out of the exhaust. And it's really small compared to that plane. So I wonder if this is a real rocket ship or if it's like a science experiment. Like maybe a kid went to, the like a science teacher was like, this isn't part of the class, but you have potential. If you want to see some real science, let's go down to the landing strip. And then they get in his like, he's got a pickup truck, like a Ford F-150. And there's this tarp in the flatbed. The kid's like, where are we going? They're driving the whole way. And then they get to the landing strip there's probably a fence and they, there's a hole that the science teacher had cut in the fence because he's been there. He's done this before. This isn't his first rodeo. And so they go and, and the kid's like, what's going on? The science teacher, he rips the tarp off of whatever's in the flatbed and it's revealed that that's a rocket ship. And the kid's like, oh my God, 
yes. And he's inspired by that teacher, and he goes on to do amazing things. He goes on to open up his own laboratory and create the world's first robot that's not for sex. Next to that, we see the control tower, which looks like a normal control tower, but on top, it has that castle thing where you would defend at a castle, and there's knights in armor, and they have axes and staffs, and oh, there's a, a weather vane. So the weather vane has an arrow that's pointing left, which would mean, assuming that's calibrated correctly, that left is north. So now we know that that Boeing from earlier is flying north. We're putting these pieces together. You know, they asked us to find Waldo. We're doing so much more. We're like Nicolas Cage in National Treasure and National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. To the right of the control tower is a bigger airplane than the one we saw before. This one is yellow and it's taking off, going south. And this is our first glimpse at the runway, which is running along the top of the page. And this isn't a runway like that supermodels would walk down. There's no fashion show here. Okay, this isn't Project Runway. Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn, nowhere to be found. You know what I like to call that show? I like to call that show Project Gunway because it's all about Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn is the hero of that show, right? Well, let's make it work and move on. Uh, we were talking about the run... So this is a runway where planes take off and land. On the far side of the runway is the horizon, and the runway is lined with all of these green shrubs. Above the shrubs are the clouds, and above the clouds is the sky. So it's this beautiful shrub-cloud-sky trio. There's a narrow pathway connecting the runway to the tarmac, and there are two arrows on that pathway pointing in opposite directions to tell the planes where to go. And on either side of that pathway is a rectangular patch of grass. And the grass is very smooth, so it's probably astroturf or some other kind of synthetic grass, well-maintained by the grounds crew, so they're doing a great job. On the patch of grass to the left of that pathway is a tall pole that's red and yellow striped, and at the top of the pole is a string that's attached to a bag. So this is an apparatus that's meant to indicate which way the wind is blowing. And that bag is stretched out to the left, which means that the wind is blowing north. Now on the ground next to that pole is a giant shoe. It's a brown loafer. Appears to be a left shoe, like it would go on the left foot, though it is literally a left shoe. Somebody left it behind. I would have to believe that this is an art exhibit of some sort because it's too big to be anybody's real shoe, and I don't see a giant anywhere nearby. I know it's not his typical type of art, but maybe this is a Banksy, and it's meant to provoke thought. I'm not sure what the significance is. All that stuff goes over my head anyway. You know, what is that little girl with the balloon? What is that supposed to be? You know? Banksy, would it kill you to put a can of Campbell's soup in an art piece every once in a while? That I get. Warhol, he knows what he's doing. Give me four pictures of Marilyn Monroe in stimulating colors. Give me a giant picture of a soup cam. A soup can. Hey, welcome back to Soup Cam. The show where we put a hidden camera 
inside of a bowl of soup and watch celebrities eat it from a low angle. That's uh, coming on, uh, coming out in September on Quibi. So look forward to that. First guest, Natalie Imbruglia. We take a can of chicken noodle soup and a can of tomato soup. We put them in front of her and we say, you have to decide which one of these two soups you want to eat. And she goes, I can't. And we say, why? And she goes, I'm torn. Second episode, we get Reese Witherspoon. And we put a, a bowl of split pea soup and she sits down and she looks perplexed because there's no utensils. And then we put a caption under her face and it says, looks like Reese is without her spoon. And then we dump a bunch of Reese's pieces on her and we say, your name is weird. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> isn't her husband, the, doesn't he, didn't he create Quibi? So then we get canceled after, that's the last episode. We only do two. But uh, it develops a cult following. And everywhere I go, people lift me up on their shoulders and they say, you really uh, held a mirror up to society and made us think about... You, you were the Banksy of Quibi shows. That's what I want them to say. Okay, the big shoe. So above the big shoe is a red propeller plane, similar to the one in North by Northwest that chases down... Cary Grant, a.k.a. Archibald Leach, his original name. Uh, I know that because I watched a documentary on it. I also watched that documentary on um, Scientology, the Leah Remini documentary. And you know, it just... It wasn't as funny as King of Queens. To the right, we have a large blimp, or zeppelin as some might call it. Sort of looks like the Hindenburg, though I hope it's not the Hindenburg. What a disaster that was, right? The Hindenburg, the Titanic of the sky. I would have loved to see a romantic comedy set on the Hindenburg. You know, James Cameron, you could have done the one-two punch. You did Titanic, and people loved it. You could have followed it up with Hindenburg. Celine Dion did the song for Titanic, My Heart Will Go On, she could have done another song for Hindenburg, My Brain Will Continue. Yeah, this is one of the reasons why I should have been a Hollywood executive in the 90s, but you can't change the past. Or can you? Who brought that harp in here? I'm trying to record a podcast. Inconsiderate. Below that blimp are the flagpoles being chopped down by a helicopter that Waldo spoke about. And there are six of them, and those flags in order from right to left are the Spanish flag, the Italian flag, the German flag, the French flag, the American flag, and the UK flag. Now, the Spanish, Italian, German, and French flag have all been chopped down already, and that helicopter is continuing on to the American and the UK flag. There are a bunch of workers that are standing below, and they all have their hand. They're all scared to death, obviously. They're we got a runaway chopper. You want to bang on that floor a little louder, you psycho? Oh, you do? Okay. That guy upstairs is a, a hoarder. The guy above me who uh, is making all this noise, he hoards. And he has stacks and stacks of newspapers and, and all that sort of stuff. So I'd really like to see him on that TV show, Room Raiders. Which is, Room Raider, I'm not realizing, is a play on Tomb Raider. 
Really clever, MTV. That was part of the block of shows after school when I would get home from school. And it would be like Room Raiders, Pimp My Ride, MTV Cribs. Next the next was a good one where there's a tour bus that's filled with singles, like college-aged singles. And they're all going to go on a date with a guy or a girl who's the main person. And they go on like picnics and roller skating and stuff like that. And at any point when the main person doesn't like the date that they're on, they say next, and that person leaves, and the next person on the bus comes out. And it's always these really weird, like, corny intros where the guy will come out and he's like, my name is Steve, but my friends call me Bullet, and I play baseball. I wonder if you can handle these baseballs. And it gives, like, his stats, like his height and and his hobbies and favorite movie and all this stuff. So that's how I learned how to date. To the right of those flags is a hot air balloon, and it's on the ground. It's pink, yellow, and white. And it's being filled up by six workers wearing blue jumpsuits, and they're using a giant hand pump. And there's a hose attached to the hand pump going into a valve on the side of the balloon. This isn't gonna work because that's not how a hot air balloon operates. It doesn't just run on air. You need propane, you need burners that fill the balloon with gas and cause it to rise. So they're clearly inexperienced, but they're doing their best. It looks, oh, this guy, there's another guy who has a whip. So he's like, come on, come on, we gotta go. We gotta get this thing off the ground. And the owner of the hot air balloon, that's who I assume this guy is, he's standing off to the side with his hands on his hips. He's wearing a red shirt, a red hat, blue jeans. And there are seven sandbags at his feet. Well, somebody should tell him that he's not getting off the ground anytime soon. Above the hot air balloon is another commercial airplane beginning its ascent, and it's a peach color. Instead of the typical wings that you would see on an airplane, this one has an eagle's wings, feathery brown eagle's wings that are gonna flap this thing into the sky. So this is purely for our amusement because there's no way that this would exist in real life. Flying in the opposite direction is a military plane, like a Top Gun plane. And this is the problem with this picture is because there's so many different aircrafts in the sky flying in all sorts of directions. Nobody in mission control is keeping these skies clear for planes to safely take off and land. So there needs to be like retraining of the mission control folks. At the far edge of the page, there are four runners running on the runway. So there's literal runners on the runway. Unsafe, but clever. I don't mean to be Captain Safety, but if I saw four people running on the runway, I would, I would say, guys, It doesn't matter who's winning, who's losing. You can't do this here. Moving down the page, we have a yellow plane that's facing a blue plane. And there are two workers on the ground wearing yellow safety vests and holding up red paddles. So they're directing these planes where to go. They're back to back, so I don't think they're even aware of each other. And they're not because there are two workers on either side running towards them pointing. So hopefully... They realize the situation before they cause these two planes to collide into one another. Below that is a seafoam green plane, 
And the nose of this plane is being opened up like a door. There's a hinge on the side. And there are two workers inside pushing this open. And they're unaware that they're knocking down four other workers who were standing on top of a truck. Underneath that is a white plane with a red stripe. And there are removable stairs that are the same color scheme. Passengers are coming off of that plane, but the stairs are not in line with the door, so they're just falling off directly onto the ground. Over to the left, we have a fire truck, and this fire truck is spraying their hose, and it's hitting a woman and a man. Their backs are faced to us, so we can't see what they look like. And it looks like there's a line leading up to this, so maybe it's like a, some sort of attraction, like, you know, step over here and we'll spray you with a hose. I know that's not the case, but that's what this looks like. Directly to the right of the fire truck is an orange propeller plane like the one we saw earlier in the sky. This one's on the ground. And there are four bats hanging upside down on the wings. And on the far left, there's a vampire hanging upside down on the wing. And then in the cockpit, there's an oversized playing card, an ace of spades. So this I don't really understand i know ace is like an aviation term so that at least makes some sort of sense but the vampire and the bats i don't know the orange color of the plane makes me think maybe this is a halloween plane like something you would see on the side of the road while on a haunted hayride is the hayride haunted or is the hay haunted haunted hayride i don't know i've never been on one i find the whole Halloween holiday to just be too spooky, so I stay inside, I lock my doors, I board up the windows, and I go in my panic room, and I watch the movie Panic Room with Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart. Not with them, they're in the movie, but Forrest Whitaker's with me, we watch it together, and then we prank call Jared Leto. We do like this two-man bit, and Forrest plays Hollywood and then I play Jared Leto, and I, I knock on Hollywood's door. I say, I knock and I say, hey, Hollywood, it's Jared Leto. And then Forrest opens it. He, he makes a creak sound with his mouth. He creaks it open, and he goes, who? And, that's, and then uh, we hear Jared crying on the other end of the line, and then we hang up, and uh, Forrest and I high-five. That's what happened last year. Who knows what will happen this year? Moving down, we have the actual airport, and there's no roof on this airport, so we could see right in there. Interesting color scheme. The carpet is pink and the walls are tan. This is very, like, Miami retirement home sort of vibe to me. Over to the right, on the far right, we have your bag check, and there's a woman that has too many suitcases. She's dropping those suitcases, and they're falling on a man's foot, and he's wincing in pain. And over to the right, at the very right corner of the page, there is a man who is distracted by a pretty flight attendant, and he's swinging a suitcase and unintentionally hitting another man in the groin with that suitcase. And that man is also wincing. To the left, we see a pilot who's tipping his hat to a blonde woman who is just smitten with this guy. Her toes are pointed in... She's got a big smile on her face. Her hands are, are clutched near her heart. And the man she's with is not happy. He does not want her to be swept away by this pilot. And there are a man and a woman walking past, and they're looking back at this like, uh-oh, 
I think that woman's going to be swept away by that pilot. To the left, there are two flight attendants. The flight attendant uniform, by the way, is a green hat, a green blazer, a green skirt, and a green handbag. That's nice. They give them handbags. To the left, we see a man whose beard is being stretched by the TSA agent and watches are falling out of his beard. Oh, that's what we heard uh, Waldo talk about that. This man is smuggling watches. I don't understand what the big deal is with these wristwatches because as we cross over the middle of the page, there's a man who's being apprehended by two TSA agents and he has his trench coat open and it's lined with these watches. And next to him is a man in a gray trench coat and a gray hat and he has a suitcase and watches are pouring out of that suitcase and he's pointing to the guy who is selling them. So I don't know if this is a metaphor for something. I mean, it has to be, right? I don't know why all these TSA agents would be so fixated on the man selling watches. Right behind him is the TSA desk. That's all it is. It's a desk. Uh, this is pre-9-11, so things aren't as intense at the airport. Everybody's wearing their shoes. You could say the word bomb if you want to. They encourage it. They say, feel free. Feel free to say the word bomb. And there's a TSA agent who is going through an old woman's suitcase, and he's just throwing everything that's inside out behind him. So that's a sweater, socks, what looks like a brassiere. I don't know what he's looking for, but uh, it seems uncalled for. Over to the left at the bottom corner of the page, there is the baggage claim. And we see the carousel and the conveyor belt, and all the bags that are on the carousel are just mangled. And everybody who's trying to pick up their bag is furious at this. And now we have the entrance to the airport from the tarmac. And there is an organized line of people coming off the plane that's in the center of the page. And that order is being kept by flight attendants who are on either side of that line. And these flight attendants are wearing light blue uniforms and they don't get handbags. So this is probably a different airline. Right above that, there's a red fuel truck, and there's a hose coming from that truck, and it's squiggling along the ground. And The ground is white, by the way. Maybe I should have said that. The ground is white. This isn't your typical black pavement that you might see on a tarmac. So this hose is squiggling around the white ground, and it's supposed to be going into a green truck, but the... Oh, Waldo is right there. Well, we did it again. We found Waldo. Go ahead and pat yourself on the back. Okay. Hey, stop patting yourself on the back, all right? Enough is enough. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back for the outro. And thus ends episode six of thy podcast. Let's find Waldo. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Mujan Zalfagari for playing Waldo. Mujan can be heard on the science fiction comedy podcast, Mission to Zix, found on the Maximum Fun Network. And I also want to thank Corey Willis, Sebastian Kennelly, and Betsy Kenny for playing Professor Junkyard, Davey P., and Jill Goodman in the intro. Please rate and subscribe to this show. Uh, write a review if your app allows you to do that. My name is Mark Dowling, and remember, if you are lost, there will always be somebody there to find you.